Hi, podcast. Good morning, podcast. Is there such thing as a good morning? Have I made that joke on the podcast before? Maybe. Honestly, couldn't tell you. Every time at work someone says good morning, I say no such thing. And then I follow that up with it's an oxymoron, like jumbo shrimp or civil war. <laughs> it gets a laugh about 50% of the time. There you go. That's, that's an F. That's not passing. <laughs> that is not. How are you this fine morning? Pretty good. It is 9.21 in the morning. Okay. <laughs> I'm just reading. Right. Um, it's been what? a busy week, so I'm excited yeah. that it's the weekend. Yeah. Well, these are a lot of bleeps right back to back. Oh, yeah. I'll just boom, cut boom, that little boom. section out, and we'll come back in right now. Yeah. We, we name dropped about, about 80 locations that you could... <laughs> say we live near we might as well just give your home address <laughs> yeah and i live on <laughs> this street oh my god um, let's talk about something that's not our homes <laughs> um okay oh it's not my home i don't have to say where this is located to talk about <laughs> it um i'm sorry I'm messing with my yeah. microphone there we go um i have that plant i'm so worried about my plant because it's cold mm-hmm. outside now mm-hmm. and i had to pull it in earlier oh no i was like oh no he's gonna freeze to death or like die because he's suffering in the air condition my apartment gets terrible lighting i'm just like situated Aww. at a bad spot so like i have windows and stuff uh, not in here this room is so such a tiny window in here um, but, like, in the, the shared part, we have, like, the big back. It looks like French doors, but it's just, like, mm-hmm. one of the doors open and the other half's a window. Mm-hmm. But they're, like... I hate those. They're both, like, majority of the door is a window. And so, like, that part lets light in, but the sun never goes directly through those windows. And that's why the mm. plant's been out on the balcony anyway, just to like have it where the sun will actually get to it so i'm like i don't know what to do because it's gonna freeze to death out there or it's not gonna get like adequate sunlight in here so i'm just gonna like have to move them at four o'clock every day does adam's room get better light um maybe i'll have to see they always have the curtains closed in there oh man now he has a plant in there though no yes the plant finally made it in there (laughs) He bought a plant, and then it lived in my room for a very, very long time. <laughs> but it finally moved. No, last night um, at work, I was talking to Aaron, because Aaron is the only person who trades podcast recommendations with me. <laughs> and Aaron was brought... I don't remember how you came up. Like, I don't know if she asked how you were, or if I just offered the information. Because <laughs> we were talking about our podcast and she was recommending me a bunch of other podcasts and then i was like did i tell you about the spirit halloween incident and aaron like turned around and like no and then at that exact second somebody else called her and she needed help and they were she was like this is the worst possible time and as she walked away i went and adam got hit by a car (laughs) and aaron went what (laughs) 
it's <laughs> like, so it's, funny to be like, like he's fine though oh how are they doing well here's <laughs> all of this random stuff that happened no, I, in the span of a week I didn't actually get to tell her about any of it either. So that's the funny part. She doesn't know what happened. She just knows that something happened. Yeah, enough to call it the spirit Halloween incident. It's mm-hmm. so funny. Yeah, we still haven't figured anything out from that. And I don't remember how much we talked about on the podcast. We did. But I'm going to wait before I spread it around too much to see like yeah. what they say. Anyway, <laughs> should we start? I'm down. Are you? We've got we've got seventeen minutes worth of content. Yeah, and I'm sure some of that's gonna get cut out. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I broke the rules a little today. Just okay. a little. Okay. Just a little. I was I had this whole plan of the next three episodes I were was gonna do and they were like all gonna like line up and it was gonna be really cool. Mm-hmm. And then it turned out to be way too much research, and I got frustrated, <laughs> <laughs> and I changed my topic at the last second. Uh, last second, I changed my topic like a week ago, mm-hmm. and it's it's good, it's fun. However, comma, this is my ghost episode, and this is not a ghost. So <laughs> I broke the rules. Um, this definitely was supposed to be another episode. I don't know how this happened. Oh, I've done that but, before. And then we yeah. didn't realize until, like, five episodes later. We were chronologic. We were like, how did Abe Lincoln happen at, like, it was Abe Lincoln, I remember, was the first one. And the Bermuda Triangle? Yeah, something got, like, back to, because I, like, did that where I switched around what order I wanted to do research, and I just mm-hmm. messed it up. No, yeah, I'm pulling it up now. Because it, it's the only one that has two others next to each other. Yeah, it's right here. Abe Lincoln and Skinwalker Ranch were both right after each other, somehow. So you did true crime, conspiracy, conspiracy, true crime. Yeah, I just did another true crime to, like, fix the pattern. Yeah, which is funny. Just skipped ghost. But my other is cool, okay? Calm down, (laughs) y'all. So, why do we keep skipping just ghosts? Because it's the hardest one. (laughs) It literally is. It's so hard. Um, mine is one of the most cursed items of all time. Go. That's exciting. Um, that cabinet that's cursed. The Dybbuk box? We already did that, dog. No, no, no. I thought that was, like, a big, like, I don't know. Maybe I'm just thinking of Narnia. (laughs) But let me Google it. Cursed cabinet. Yeah, I don't, like, even know what it would be called or where it would be. Oh, that look! It looks cool. Why is there a picture of Scooby Doo though? Maybe I'm thinking about Scooby Doo. The cursed cabinet of Professor Mads Markson, guest starring Penn and Teller. Huh? Do they what ghost is- hunt? Hold on, I'll send you the. I do see Scooby Doo. I see a cabinet though. Um. But that's the Dybbuk box. Yeah, I see a lot of Dybbuk. I don't know. I don't know what I was thinking. Okay. Okay, another cursed item. Annabelle. You know, almost did that. I really did highly consider I was like, we've joked about Annabelle so many times. Like, yeah. At one point, somebody has to cover it. Didn't, though. Uh, okay. She another... pisses me off. 
uh, what's in like is it big is it a really yes. oh okay it's in every top 10 list i mean I'm like really excited for it actually. size wise though oh no it's not <laughs> really okay um is it like furniture or an item 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 okay hmm hmm i don't know is it like super common to hear about even i mean it is every episode that talks about annabelle the cursed doll also talks about this like okay if it, it, she's in the top 10 lists with annabelle hmm i don't know you're gonna have to give it to me the hope diamond is that that necklace or yeah okay yeah 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 it's super fucking cursed. And I knew that it, I've known that it was cursed because it's always in those top 10 lists. Mm-hmm. But I never cared enough to look at it. Yeah, I can't tell you anything about it. I just have heard it. It's a crazy story, dog. Hmm. And so I was telling Aaron about this last night when I was recording. You know, usually we do like the history and then like all the ghosts or the history and all the bad shit. Like, mm-hmm. I simply did it all in chronological order so it's like history bad shit history bad shit history bad shit like it's that's cool that'll be fun okay so this diamond is also called the king's jewel or the french blue are the other two names that people hear it by it is a 45 carat diamond that is this deep blue color and currently it's in the smithsonian and it's studded into a pendant but the the diamond is the cursed object. Like okay. it's it goes through multiple um, settings, like multiple necklaces. Oh. But it's the diamond, so uh, it's about the size of a pigeon's egg, like maybe a walnut. Okay, <laughs> that's it's pretty big for pear shape. And it used to be bigger, huh? Oh, someone like so, recut it. Oh yeah, um, but it's this dark gray blue color and the grayish parts are so dark that it makes it like it it almost looks like ink that's cool um but it also is like heavily studied by scientists because it it's all it's a bunch of weird shit about this diamond but the one that hit me was it emits um a (laughs) unusually intense that was the quote red phosphorescence after it's exposed to ultraviolet light so it essentially glows in the dark but red that's scary this actually lasts for a while even after the light source is cut off and so this is a thing with blue diamonds specifically and it's how scientists can tell when blue diamonds are real this one's a big deal because it's so big um it's something to do with the boron and the nitrogen in the stone i'm not a geologist I, I don't <laughs> I don't like rocks. It's pretty. Um, yeah, no, it's picture. so pretty. And I there's some fun stuff when the Smithsonian gets it. They do like a contest for the public to vote on like a temporary setting for the diamond. So for like six months, it's in a different necklace, and the public got to vote which necklace it got put into, and it was really cool. That is that's fun. Um, and, uh, what's it called? It's, like, Encircling Hope. I have it later. Anyway. But this is a really rare scientific specimen, according to the Smithsonian, because it's so big, and it does help with learning how different diamonds are formed in the Earth. Like, people, this diamond is pretty regularly, like, every few years, 
taken out of the Smithsonian so that it can be further researched and further huh. studied. Which I also didn't know things left the Smithsonian after it was in the Smithsonian. I know bones move a lot, like fossils. That was a sentence. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the bones don't move by themselves, but the, 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 the fossils, because what's up there is just casting of the bones, mm-hmm. but they usually have the actual fossils in the back. So, like, if, yeah. a, if a museum has a fossil on display, they show you their casting of it or a casting of it. And the bones are somewhere in storage at that uh, museum. But I know they're, like, moved around a lot to be studied. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, like, really rare specimens. Like Yeah, this, same thing. This diamond also, like, went to the Louvre for a little bit. Like, she travels. She travels. But Good for her. Her history starts with a French gem, gem merchant in this year's already a bad omen. 1666. <laughs> nice. Right. I saw that and like double taked. I was like, there's no fucking way that this <laughs> man just casually found this diamond in 666. But anyway, um, his name is Jean Baptiste Travunier. Um, he gets the diamond from India. Okay. But he's the first record that we have of it. So we don't we don't know if he bought it from somebody in India. We have a few guesses, but he writes about the diamond in his journal, mm-hmm. and he includes sketches of it. So this is how we know it's the Hope Diamond. Okay. Um, and he says it came from India, specifically the Collar, K-O-L-L-U-R, mine, um, in the Gunter district, G-U-N-T-U-R. Okay. This was before diamonds were everywhere. Okay. So this was before we had found diamonds in Brazil, South Africa. It was literally just India, and it was a big deal. That's uh, crazy. People believed these stones had protective powers, so they didn't cut them at all. Oh. So it was like whole lumps of diamond. The goal was pr- to preserve as much as possible, so they'd only cut out like cracks or like imperfections in some way, but they tried to keep as big of a chunk as possible. Um. It was believed, like, the bigger the diamond, the bigger the protection. Okay. Which is ironic. Um, (laughs) Yeah, this one's cursed. (laughs) Yeah. So the gem would absorb the negativity and contain it in the stone was the idea, the spiritual idea. Very Pandora's box. Mm Mm-hmm. And this is why a lot of Indian rulers specifically would wear a lot of diamonds and other gems for political protection, too. And this tracks also because of, like, talismans that are really prevalent across huh. those kind of cultures. Um, it is also possible that this man stole it. <laughs> yeah. We, mm, so we don't know the original location, finder. No one really knows. We just know that this guy, John Baptiste, brings the big uncut stone to Paris. Okay. And it becomes the Travenier Blue. It is not that for very long, though. Okay. But it's very crudely cut. It's a triangular stone, and it's about 115 carats. That's... It's a big rock. Yeah. (laughs) Um, He writes about it in his book. Uh, The book is called The Six Voyages. But he it's all about him traveling around the world and finding different gems and he's a gem merchant so he's writing he's sketching it's it's a pretty interesting thing i flipped through a few of it um because there's you can find pages online 
but he had a bunch of diamonds that he was bringing to Paris to sell in either 1668 or 1669, about 25 in total, okay, including the Tavernier Blue. And he sells them to our man's Louis the Fourteenth. Huh. Louis the Fourteenth. <laughs> <Just> okay. <laughs> because spoiler alert. Um, first of all, he's the Sun King. I don't know if anybody doesn't know who Louis the Fourteenth is. He's the reason we have the Palace of Versailles, but anyway. He's fun. These become part of the crown jewel of Paris. Okay. <laughs> like, these become part of France's crown jewels. Which is so dope. But he was, King Louis specifically, was, like, a lover of fine, grand things, which is why he's the Sun King. Mm-hmm. Um, he also, he's responsible for the majority of France's crown jewels. <laughs> like, he was just, like, making the place fire, just so everyone no. else after could have a nice, nice go. Casually built, built Versailles. Yeah. <laughs> That's the name of this week's episode. Um, but, no, he was... He was buying all of these beautiful gems and diamonds. Like, I'm a, a little bit of a, a France nerd, but, like, he's also... I don't know if anybody doesn't know that, like, he hand-designed the windows in Versailles so that the light would catch them in a certain way to make rainbows across the floor at certain times of I do remember that. Like, Louis was a cool dude, okay? But this Louis, not the next one. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't fuck with the next Louis. Just to um, clarify. But, so, he gives what will... It's the Tavernier Blue. I also am saying his name probably. No, it's it's Tavern, Tavernier. Yeah, I'm just not French, so it doesn't have a pretty accent. <laughs> um, he sells it to Louis for what equivalates to about 147 kilograms of pure gold he gets all the gold louis gets all these diamonds um i want to go back to when we traded rocks for everything me too <laughs> i want to do too. i want to be like that i'll i'll give you this many golds if you give me that many whatever rocks rocks yeah <laughs> um but he sells it to louis and it also looks like he was paid a patent of nobility for the stone so it's, it's essentially an issue by a king that says you're a noble now. That's pretty so it, it looks like this diamond got him uh, the title of, like, the noble John Baptiste. What a way to climb the social ladder. By selling diamonds <laughs> to the literal monarch? Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so to put, put it into time perspective, all of this is happening pretty soon after Versailles has been completed. Okay. So, he is the first first owner, John Baptiste, and also the first victim of the diamond's curse, because he sells the diamond and then is mauled by dogs while visiting Constantinople. Oh, no. Yeah. Dang. Um, You'll notice a trend where, spoiler alert, everyone who has this thing dies, like, brutally. Oh, no. But no, so he sells the diamond and then travels to Constantinople and then is mauled to death by a pack of dogs. That's crazy. But the diamond doesn't leave the French monarchy for a hot second. Um, Because, so Louis hires a court jeweler. So his name is Jean Pito. It's spelled P-I-T-A-U, but I did look up the pronunciation. (laughs) Pito. um, To cut the diamond. It takes him two years to cut this diamond. 
Louis had ordered him to make a peace to remember, and he does. It catches the light beautifully. But what he does is it's um like a it they call it a, a cravat brooch, but it's literally just like a pin you put on an ascot. Okay. So it like it sits in the middle of his chest, but mm-hmm. it's literally just the diamonds. Like it doesn't have any fancy fastenings. Like they just cut the diamond so perfectly so that it it could literally just be pinned to him. It's pretty in all the pictures paintings because we didn't have pictures um (laughs) but he turns the 115 carat stone into a 67 carat stone okay that's a a big cut right and this is when it begins to be called the blue diamond of the crown of france in all the inventory lists shortened to the french blue okay so the king has it set in this cravat pin um, and it's worn by him during important ceremonies. However, shortly after he gets the diamond, he dies of gangrene. Oh, no. And on top of that, all of his legitimate children uh, die, except for one. What? Yeah. In addition, uh, one of Louis's servants, his name was Nicholas Foqua. He wore the diamond on one special occasion. I couldn't really find what the special occasion was. Every source just said, like, Louis had him wear it. Hmm. Because my guess is he was, like, a servant, but he was probably, like, one of the king's hand men. Like, he was near him. Um, But shortly after that, he was exiled from the kingdom and imprisoned uh, for life in a fortress in Pegnerol. Don't know where that is. No. Um, But yeah, he wore the diamond and then was exiled. (laughs) That's crazy. Yeah. That happened before Louis died of gangrene, but then Louis dies of gangrene. Oh, man. Oh, man. Yeah. (laughs) Just a lot of, like, death and life imprisonment. I love a one-two punch. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you lose your right-hand man, and then you die. (laughs) But, so the, it goes to his grandson grandson louis the 15th it goes to louis the 15th he's the next louis in line the Mm -hmm. the lineage doesn't matter oh i said it he's the great grandson of the king (laughs) okay but he has the stone reset when he inherits the crown jewels he has this stone reset into this insane dragon piece it's this huge pendant and it has 83 red painted diamonds 112 yellow painted diamonds and the the blue like the, the, the french blue like it's mm-hmm. huge and it's really ornate it looks like a dragon is blowing fire out and the fire is diamonds whoa it's super sick but it's really really elaborate um he has it set this way for the order of the golden fleece it's this catholic order of chivalry okay that was casually dropped into the wikipedia page <laughs> that seems and like I- I could not go down the rabbit hole because I was about to. But, um, so he, once he dies, because he also dies, spoiler alert, it goes to his grandson, Louis the Sixteenth, who most people should know, the French Revolution. <laughs> um, his wife, Marie Antoinette, <laughs> yeah, yeah was known for wearing a lot of the French crown jewels for personal use. Like, she would have them set into different combinations. She was just However, having fun. She, 
Yes. However, sources strongly disagree on whether she wore the French blue. Some sources say it's undeniable. Of course she did. She wore everything else. Like, there's no way this is the one thing she didn't touch. Some sources say, no, that was reserved for the king. And that only the king could wear this because it was for the order of chivalry. Very strong disagreements. Either way, people attribute her death to the Hope Diamond. Um, but unclear of if she actually wore it. Mm-hmm. She's but, at least around it. Right. Marie also had this lady-in-waiting who was also named Marie. <laughs> Marie Louise. Um, the She was a princess. It said Princess de Limbal. Uh, but during the revolution, because spoiler alert, the French Revolution happens. <laughs> she is like Marie's bestie, like hand in hand. They she stays with her the entire time that the French Revolution is happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, some sources also say that if Marie wore the Hope Diamond, then the other Marie, Marie Louise, definitely did because she was also allowed to wear crown jewels when she was with Marie Antoinette. Okay. So, people attribute her death to the Hope Diamond, which is why I'm bringing it up. Mm-hmm. During the revolution of it, she during the revolution, she was by Marie Antoinette's side the entire time, including one occasion when a mob broke into the castle. Um, she and all the other ladies-in-waiting get Marie Antoinette into a different room, and they barricade it, and Marie Antoinette is sitting in a chair, and Marie Louise is sitting with like on her knees holding her hand the entire time. Hmm. The quote is, Madame de Laval displayed even greater courage stand, oh, she stood, standing during the whole long of that scene, leaning up upon the queen's chair. She seemed only occupied with the dangers of the unhappy princess without regarding her own. Man. But she was brutally stabbed to death. Oof. So it was during a mob during the revolution. Um, they called her up and demanded she denounced the queen and she refused she swore like they were like swear an oath to france and denounce marie antoinette she swore the oath to france but she was like i will not denounce the queen um so she was hit on the head with a pike Ugh. and then it actually revealed that she had hidden a letter to marie in her hair and then she was stabbed oh man a lot There were accusations that she'd also been sexually assaulted at some point, but this is probably not likely. It was in the middle of a town square, and they were too busy stabbing her to death. Um, But she was then undressed, decapitated, and her head was placed on a pike that they waved outside of Marie's prison cell. Ugh. And they asked Marie to kiss the lips of her favorite. That's awful. Because there was a lot of rumors that they were actually lovers. But her body was, like, dragged through the streets of France. They also sold strands of her hair. They brought her head to restaurants where people drank to celebrate her. That's brutal. Like, everyone knew that she was the queen's best friend and that they had just brutally murdered the queen's best friend. Yeah. Who had also worn the Hope Diamond. (laughs) Curse. So back to that. So while the revolution is happening, spoiler alert, the revolution, um... King Louis and Marie, I don't know how familiar you guys are with the French Revolution, but they're imprisoned, right? They're imprisoned. France is in chaos, dog. Like, anything that could happen did happen. 
Uh, it's brutal. It's brutal. But while they are imprisoned, they go on, the, the, the people of France go on a five day long looting spree of the castle to steal the crown jewels of France. And, dude, they stole everything, everything, everything they could get their hands on. And eventually, eventually, a lot of it was recovered. So we do still have, like, because we know we have King Louis' inventory lists. Like, we know what the French crown jewels were. Mm -hmm. We know what we have. However, we couldn't find the French blue. Oh. It was missing for, like, a long time. And then... They behead King Louis, and ten months later, they behead Marie. And this is usually cited as the beginning of the curse. People ignore the gangrene and the exile and the being mauled by dogs. They're like, this is when it It becomes cursed. It absorbed so much negativity of Mm -hmm. the French Revolution. Because it was literally held by the monarch that was being overthrown. Yeah. But this guy, his name is Cadet Guillaume. The, the theory is that he was the one who stole the French blue and then smuggled it into London. Whoa. He allegedly stole several <laughs> jewels. Um, but he goes off the grid for years. Years. Like, no one, including the diamond. Like, it, nobody mm-hmm. finds it for, for a while. Um, and we're, almost, like, we're certain that this is the period of time when it was recut. And the largest piece that is left is the Hope Diamond. Okay. So one source even called it a butcher job because they cut off 23 carats. Whoa. Like, they hacked this diamond to pieces. So another theory is that it was stolen by this name. His name is George Danton. He was a revolutionary leader. Um, he used the diamond after it was stolen to bribe a military commander named Duke Carl Wilhelm. Um, and we are almost certain that if if this theory is true, Duke Carl had it recut so that he could disguise the French blue. So that he could say, I didn't steal a crown jewel of France. Um, and then they brought it to Great Britain when his family fleed after the revolution. This theory does have a lot of weight, mostly because of his daughter, Caroline of Brunswick, she had to she was married to king george king george the fourth but hated him like (laughs) they lived separately and she needed to support her own household so she sold a lot of her own jewels and years later her nephew was known to have a 13 carat blue diamond which a lot of people believe is the other half of the French blue. I have to say, like, they cut it enough to have another mm-hmm. gem made of it. However, we don't know where that one is. It's never been found again. Wow. Um, there are a few references, according to the Smithsonian, that this has weight because King George owned the diamond at some point. Okay. Yeah. So, the Hope Diamond. <laughs> For a while... It was only a theory that the diamond that we had was part of the French blue. However, they found a lead model, a 3D lead model, in the archives of Paris. Whoa. In the, in the Paris Museum of Natural History in 2005. Before that, we had no idea of the exact dimensions of the French blue, only the drawings. 
but the model matches the detail of the Hope Diamond. So we know that this is the French blue. Um, it, sucks. it sucks, though, because it does also confirm that it was a butcher job. They removed three points, reduced the thickness by millimeters. The diamond is pretty unrecognizable from the French blue. The man who did this, his name was Wilhelm Falls. He lived, uh, but his son stole the diamond from him and then killed himself. Oh, my god! one source said that his son killed him to get the diamond. Regardless, son killed himself and sold the diamond to a man named Francois Boulet, who later sold the diamond and starved to death. Oh, my gosh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> These are brutal. brutal deaths. At some point, because we have a lot of the records. We know who owned the diamond at one point. A lot of them were just boring, mm -hmm. like businessmen who owned it and kept it kept kept it in a safe mm -hmm. before they later went bankrupt. Um, but at some point, it was owned by this man named Simon Monocrides. He was a Greek merchant. Um, he sold the diamond, drove his car off a cliff with his wife and child inside. Oh my gosh! Then it was owned by a Turkish sultan in the early 1900s. At some point. Um, he was called Abdul the Damned because his entire reign was wildly bad. <laughs> like, full of rebellions. Every war that could happen. Misfortune. Um, one of the guardians of the diamond was also lynched by a mob. <laughs> like, wow. This, this man, uh, the sultan, also allegedly murdered a bunch of members of his court because of the diamond in some way. Jeezum. Um, a banker named Thomas Hope buys it at some point. This is the, the Hope Diamond. This is Thomas okay. Hope. Um, at some point, and then it appears in a gem collection of his brother, Henry Philip Hope. They're a banking family. Mm -hmm. Money. 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 Um, his brother's widow. So Henry, Henry dies pretty quickly. He gets the diamond <laughs> immediately. Um... But his widow wears the pendant to society balls. Like, she... Doo -doo 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 -doo. When they both die, his nephews fight for ten years over their inheritance. Because this man was a banker and had a massive gem collection. Yeah, what's, what side do you want? <laughs> right. So the oldest got the eight most valuable gems, including the Hope Diamond. Okay. He has them displayed at the Great Exhibition of London in 1851, and then another in Paris in 1855, but it was usually in a vault. Okay. When he dies, because she does, or because he does, uh, they all die. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It goes to his wife. When she dies, inevitably, he gives, she gives it to her daughter's youngest son, so her grandson. The only condition is that I will give you this diamond, but you must change your last name to Hope when you legally can. Okay. Be because since his mom had married off, mm -hmm. his last name was no longer Hope. Yeah. Um, but he does. His inheritance is pretty tight, so he can't sell anything without permission from the court. He meets a concert hall singer. They're married the same year. She wears the diamond on at least one occasion and falls in love with it. So she actually has a replica made to wear at performances. Um, he actually goes broke. Oh, no. They, they both go bankrupt because the diamond is cursed. Um, 
and but he can't sell it like he wants to get rid of it so bad but he can't sell it without a court order so his That's wife weird. supports them he has a problem betting on horses dog like he's just throwing money away and then when he runs out he's like but can i sell this diamond and they're like no no you should have <laughs> bet on better horses <laughs> right <laughs> um but they do get divorced and she leaves him so may, may that's her name was the last wife of the last hope to own the diamond okay um and a lot of people put her misfortunes on that because after she leaves her husband she's abandoned and then robbed oh my god <laughs> on gosh. her third marriage in 1920 she got a film producer to back a 15 episode series about the diamond but it fails oh uh she hired someone to help her write a film called the mystery of the hope diamond that she starred in and she actually wore her replica mm-hmm. but no she has a terrible life like she goes bankrupt like it's a whole thing jeez he does eventually get permission to sell it to a london jeweler who then sells it to a diamond dealer who then take it takes it to new york the merchant's name simon frankel financial ruin <laughs> Simon sold it to Jacquees Colette. He didn't own it for long, though, because he went insane and killed himself after he bought the stone. Um, <laughs> it literally is just one after the other dog. Dang. Like, um, Prince Ivan, he was one of the early diamond owners right after Jacquees Colette. Uh, he was killed in a revolt by Russian revolutionaries. He actually loaned the diamond to a friend at some point. It... it her name was Mill Ladjou, who was then murdered by her lover. Oh my um, gosh. He also lent the stone to a French actress for a night, and she was shot dead on stage. Oh my gosh. Yeah. While wearing the diamond. <laughs> <laughs> this diamond is just leeching up bad energy. No wonder it's fucking cursed. Like, yeah, it's wild. Somewhere in this area of time, it was also owned uh, by a different sultan. Unclear. The mm-hmm. timelines are fucked up. Regardless, it was given to a man to polish, and that man was eventually tortured to death and imprisoned. Yeah. But now it's in New York. Okay. At the time, it was valued at $140,000, which is about $4.5 million today. Whoa. So, the only only real notable thing in New York is that the New York Times starts writing articles about the diamond and how it's inevitably cursed. <laughs> um, it goes to another diamond collector, then another diamond collector. It's bought and sold over and over and over and over again to private collectors. Truly, it's terribly boring. <laughs> terribly boring. Uh, eventually, a bunch of rich people, they keep it in vaults. They all go broke, and they all sell it to go to get rid of debt. Every single one of them. <laughs> one of these, though, is the last owner of the diamond. I promise we're getting through the boring stuff. Okay. <laughs> Edward Beale McLean, the publisher and owner of the Washington Post. Whoa. Right? That's cool. He bought the diamond from Cartier in 1911. Whoa. And when he bought it, he had a fatality clause written into the deal. <laughs> he said if any misfortune befell him, the diamond could be exchanged. His wife, though, was one of the last private owners. Um, 
she got rid of it because her family newspaper went bankrupt her daughter died from an overdose her grandson died in the vietnam war a different son killed himself another son was hit and killed by a car oh my god 10 years old no one after the other after that's wild and it's terrible because she was always cited she never believed in the curse and yet she did get rid of the diamond because her life fell apart huh but um also ned goes insane and his family loses the washington post oh man he has to file for bankruptcy but before she got rid of it i mean like so Mm -hmm. they they lose they go they file for bankruptcy she tries to use the hope diamond as collateral for a loan but they refuse to take it (laughs) they're like i don't want to die Exactly. So then she pawned off the diamond in 1932 to hire an investigator to hire to find the kidnappers of Charles Lindenberg's baby. Like I I don't know where that plot point came from, but they didn't need it, so th- the money and the diamond was returned. Like whoa. But she used a diamond the diamond for like a lot of charitable stuff too. Mm-hmm. Like she wore it to balls, she lent it to brides for their something blue. Whoa. She even had her Great Dane wear it around his neck. Yeah, like, is he okay? Imagine <laughs> the dog this multi-billionaire, like, casually lends you one of the most valuable diamonds in history for your wedding day. That's so exciting. Except now you're cursed, but... Oh, yeah. But this is the point where some conspiracy gets involved, because the guy who convinced Evelyn and her husband was the that the diamond was like truly remarkable was pierre cartier in paris and some people say that he fabricated all of the misfortune to make the gem more enticing oh so their sources are that he made up stories and wove in true things from new york and london anything he could attach to the stone he did so revolutions bankruptcy everything but like people are like well they he made all this up so that she would buy it and then all of her kids died brutally and her family went bankrupt so it's like (laughs) but regardless like his misfortune uh mclean's misfortune was when the papers really took off with the cursed story like Mm -hmm. they fucking ran with it but it goes through a bunch of owners again a boring shit but a <laughs> mineralogist convinces the owner at the time to donate it to the smithsonian mm-hmm. so he does and on november 10th of 1958 he sends the hope diamond in a brown paper box like it's normal mail That's he does so have good. it insured but like are you what <laughs> I've heard of that before, though. You make it as inconspicuous as possible so people are less likely to steal it. You know, that's insane to me. I'm so sorry. Kim K's wedding ring came in an armored truck. Yeah. And you mean to tell me that the Hope Diamond was sent as normal mail? It got there. Anyway. But he donates it because he says he hopes that the U.S. will finally build, like, our own crown jewels. Huh. Um, 
so it becomes specimen 217868. The mailman who delivered it to the museum no, is the last victim of the Hope Diamond's curse. His name is James Todd. Finishes the delivery shortly after, crashes his truck, and shatters his leg. No. And then gets into another car crash where he injures his head. Then his house burns down. And his (laughs) wife also died. His dog was strangled. What the heck? (laughs) This dude got in two car crashes after leaving the Smithsonian. And, like, his house burned down and his whole life fell apart. That's insane. Um, yeah, so he he's like the last victim. Um because once it doesn't have an owner anymore, the Hope Diamond is like pretty much dormant. Weird. Like it it doesn't have anyone There's no misfortune. Like yeah. the Smithsonian owns it. And they're um, doing fine. I would hope. <laughs> so it it stays in the Smithsonian. It only leaves a few times um to go to the Louvre also south africa it is on its own it's in its own display room behind bulletproof glass on a pedestal um and the whole thing rotates the room is adjacent to the national gem collection and Mm -hmm. the hope diamond is its centerpiece there was a period when it was displayed with no setting like no it was just the plain diamond to celebrate half a century at the museum which was a big deal for a period of time this is the necklace. Um, it was displayed in a temporary new setting. Uh, the setting was called Embracing Hope. It was created by the Harry Winston firm. Harry Winston was the the guy who sold it to the Smithsonian. Okay. He was the last private owner. Mm-hmm. Um, he was one of, but he was like a gem dude. jewelry dude. So he designed the setting. He actually designed three. Um, all white diamonds, all white metal, and the public got to vote. All of them are gorgeous. You you can find them all online. I'll show you. But it it was only in this new setting for a few months, I think, and then it was returned to its normal setting. Uh, the current necklace, like the Embracing Hope, got a different diamond put in it and then was sold to benefit the Smithsonian. That's cool. But surprise surprise the diamond is surpri- surrounded by myths that it's cursed uh, a misfortune for anyone who owned it and one the, the last thing I'm gonna say is that there there is like a, a story right of how this curse came to be mm-hmm. um, it did pop up in the west <laughs> so we don't trust that because yeah we lie we lie um, make, make but, things up to sell them but this story was also told in New Zealand in the 1800s. Oh, okay. So there's some, there might be some truth. There's a slight chance that this is why the diamond is cursed. So the original version of the story is that the Hope Diamond was the eye of a sculpted statue of a Hindu goddess. Huh. Sita. S-I-T-A. And that it was stolen. Well. So it gives very Curse of King Tut. Like, yeah. The, the Washington Post published an article about all of it. And so did the New York Times about all the misfortune. But 
the the idea is that this was stolen from a religious monument that was meant for protection so it's like almost like the diamond is still trying to protect this monument by cursing the people who have stolen it yeah uh so that's interesting but the quote that the new york Times gave um is that it's quote possession is the long story or is the story of a long series of tragedy murder suicide madness and various other misfortune that's crazy isn't it a wild wild time diamond okay i'm gonna look up the the other settings to show you but the no yeah it's a insane story and i didn't know all of that yeah, I just had heard of the, a necklace before, and it was only a necklace for a few months. Yeah. Well, it, it still is. It's in its, um, the setting that everyone sees it in with all the diamonds around it, that is the setting it's displayed in. Okay. Um, so it was only, the setting was changed for an anniversary situation. Okay. So that round one is the, the, the true presentation of the Hope Diamond. Um, and then it, the public voted on the other settings. Here, I'm about to send them all to you. That was one, which I would have voted for that one, but whatever. <laughs> that was the, that's the one that won. It's called Embracing Hope. That's cool, too. And then this was the third. Those were the three that the public got to vote on for the setting of the diamond. This is the the setting that it's in now and the setting that it will be in and then where is the one it was displayed naked for a little while here <laughs> it was displayed like this with the setting off to the side whoa but it's a big rock dog like yeah it's a big rock and it's very 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 famous but it's you can see cool like, looking yeah the, the the colors of it are interesting mm-hmm it's like ink, but blue. Oh man, I'd be so scared to like have it in that little book thing. They're I'd be scared. In. I'd be scared to touch it. Um, I'd be scared <laughs> to look at it. This is the one that. Remember when I told you that one of the kings had it set really intricately? That's the setting. Whoa. And they recreated it, but this picture is kind of ass. But. They recreated that setting, and I believe it's also on display, just not with the Hope Diamond in it. Like it's, it's another diamond. Yeah. Whoa. Here. Because, I mean, we can't display the Hope Diamond in it because the Hope Diamond was shaved down. Yeah, So yeah. it's the wrong size now. That's crazy looking. Mm-hmm. Imagine wearing that, like, around your neck all the time. No, right. It's so large be heavy but yeah it's like very 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 cursed but also like one of the prizes of the u.s like the fact that we have the hope diamond is pretty intense that's interesting yeah because all of the other crown jewels went back to france so like i don't know why we just got to keep this one like yeah that is weird that like if every other crown jewel that's been found is in france again I think it's because for a while there was no confirmation that this was the French blue. Like, we didn't know until 2005 for certain that it was this diamond. 
And so, so then it's like already in place here. Right. And I guess like we're like usually point, we're usually buds with France, so it's like Yeah. I don't know. Except during the French Revolution when we didn't back them up. Yeah. Which is when the diamond got cursed. Anyway. <laughs> but yeah, that's the French blue. And incredibly cursed. That's so interesting that like cuz it cuz part of me wants to be like, "Oh, but like it just like all these like rich monarch people, like bad luck followed them anyway cuz they were just mm-hmm. like in really dramatic parts, but then it just mm-hmm. like even the male guy was cursed. Yeah. Like, that that really concretes it for me. Like, it, it's one thing to be like, yeah, all these monarchs had bad things happen to them. Like, name a monarch that didn't right. have something bad happen to them. But then you get down in the, like, nitty-gritty of, like, everyone who had it went bankrupt. Yeah. The guy's also, house burned down. Multiple people went insane. That's weird. Yeah. At least four people, concretely, that we know of, had the diamond in their possession, lost their minds completely i wonder if and they like, lost their minds over like oh my gosh i just bought a cursed diamond like what if the curse is real or if they just lost their minds for mm-hmm. some other reason and a few of them it was like they didn't go insane until after they sold it so it might have been a thing where it's like oh yeah i don't have it anymore like and now i don't know it's it's bad shit dog. that's weird yeah it's so intense very pretty though i want to go see i want to go to the smithsonian for so many reasons i want to go look at the french crown jewel that'd be insane they're intense the list on wikipedia is very long but it's like the french crown jewels are not just like necklaces it's like swords whoa any like it's france is on something and i wish no i love how how like intense french like everything the monarchy in france is just an mm-hmm. insane thing to, to read about they were so extravagant yeah we got the louvre we got versailles i want to go see we versailles got the catacombs france was just drama did you That's hear that thing episode that uh, sam and colby i just saw the clip a little while ago they were on a podcast and they were talking with people about like being in the the catacombs because they they got led around by just some like guy on the street it wasn't like he, they just walked up to some guy who was giving like guided tours and he was like leading him around and he picks up this device and he he starts explaining to him he's like yeah like there's so many entrances to this place and like different guys use different routes so people will leave makeshift bombs in the catacomb <gasps> to close other people's routes and oh he God. found one while they were down there. And, they, like, they, I got to find, like, whatever podcast I was on. But they start talking about it. Like, he just pulls it out. And, like, I'm going to walk ahead a few hundred feet and, like, make sure there's not any more of these. Oh, my God. And they start talking about, like, what if he had just kept walking? They would have been lost down there. They were 45 yeah. minutes into the catacombs at this oh point. And the guy finds a bomb. I, the catacombs truly... Like, I think they're so cool, but the idea of them is terrifying. I'm, like, yeah, the fact that, like, we've, we, like, still find parts of it and, like, passages right. of it, and, like, nobody knows the exact layout. It's not, like, mapped out anywhere. And it's impossible. Like, but we were, when I learned about it in my French class, he was telling us that, like, there's also structures within the catacombs. Yeah. Like, there's churches made of human bones. That's insane. There's just, like, like that at one point where you like look yeah. over and it's a hole 
I want to go so bad. <laughs> See, I want to go, but I feel like I would be the unlucky person that got lost in the catacombs. Like, Oh, yeah. I'd be, like, attached uh, by rope to the tour guide. Oh, definitely. Like, one of those, like, elementary school walk across the road. Everybody has to hold onto the rope. That's how I'm I'd going. I'd be Hansel and Gretel, like, leaving shit behind me so that I could find my way out. I would, I would do, like, one of the ones where you enter from a building and they have just, like, a little roped-off area you that they lead you yeah. through. That's insane, though, that, like, you just have these people that'll be like, I'll take you down there. I'll t- Raw-dogging the catacombs? Like, that, <laughs> that's dude. the name of this week's episode. Going down there by yourself has to yeah. be a death wish. There's a whole, like, as above, so below. Like, mm-hmm. there's a whole horror movie about getting lost in the catacombs. Like, because it's insanely large there's hundreds of entrances so you know there's like so many passageways you can access the catacombs from also just like manholes in paris yeah like that's crazy that's what i'm saying like Like, these tour guides and like they're not like sponsored by any place they don't work for a tour agency but they're just like off the street tour guides and they'll be like i'll take you to my entrance there's like turf wars within the catacombs now of like this is my route this is my entrance and so people will bring you to these like back alley entrances to the catacombs and you just gotta hope they're not bringing you down there to like kill you yeah or rob you yeah gotta love paris or you accidentally walk into one of the bombs right didn't know that there was bombs i yeah i was floored by that no, I want to go to Paris so bad so I can see the Louvre and the Arc of Triumph. I just want to, yeah, I want to go to France. So I don't want to think about Notre Dame because I will cry. Yeah. But, you know, I found out we're watching the Kardashians currently. <laughs> we found out that Kanye West wanted to get married in the Louvre and that they were going to. And the only reason he didn't was because the Louvre apparently has very, very, very strict policies relating to music which i didn't know like you can only certain decibels like it's that's very, interesting. Very, very strict and i was i was thinking about it. i was like i wonder if it's because like they're worried that like sound waves could affect certain artifacts or like the glass I mean, some of this stuff is so old some of the paper mm-hmm. in some of those buildings like if you look at it wrong that paper is disintegrating yeah they talk about that in angels and demons like paper is the rarest artifact yeah paper is so hard to have like preserved because humidity starts messing up paper it gets to the point where like you touch it and it falls apart in your hands and that's why we keep it in glass that's why we laminate laminate important documents i'm trying to figure out how to make a joke about the map on the back of the declaration of independence (laughs) thank you happening that was the joke is that I can't figure out how to... It was going to be funny. Just trust that it was. It would have been funny if I had come up with it. I love <laughs> when Nick Cage puts it <laughs> in the, like, souvenir. Like, the fake... Yeah, anyway. Anytime Nick Cage comes up in the news, I'm always worried. That he did it. That he tried to... Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, he owns a bunch of stuff in New Orleans. Hold on. I think I have been told this, that he, like, has... I'm pretty he owns some shit he owns a tomb I knew that what an interesting thing to own and he also he I remember now oh my god he lived in the Lollary mansion I do remember that what the fuck 
What the fuck? I want to live Nick Cage's life. Oh my god. But he, no, yes, he lived in the Lollery Mansion for a while. The Lollery Mansion is, is brutal. It's an That's American a hard Horror one. Story. Yeah. It's an interview with a vampire, True Blood. Um, but Nick Cage owns a a tomb, a monument, like where he will be buried when he dies in New Orleans, and it's a pyramid. Whoa. No, he's a freak. Like, <laughs> uh, and it has Latin on it. What is Latin? What is that? What does that say? Here, I'll send it to you. Whoa. That's insane. Omnia ab uno. Omnia ab uno. I mean. Everything from one. Huh. Nick, what does that mean? <laughs> That's so cryptic. <laughs> He's such a freak dog. Like, <laughs> Okay, Nick Cage. Oh my god podcast you guys need to tell us if we should cover the lollery mansion because truly i don't want to <laughs> no i listened to um it was like two years ago i listened to the and that's why we drink episode about it and like i knew about the lollery mansion because like we live in new orleans mm-hmm. and we had i had watched american horror story like but it's whoa i literally almost threw up when i listened to the episode it's, it's really brutal. really really bad it's really bad. Like, not... Mm-mm. Like, brain smoothies kind of bad. Ugh. So, podcast, vote. <laughs> Tell <laughs> us if we need to cover that. Ooh. Are we ready for an intermission? Uh, up, down. Awesome. Because I need another cup of coffee. Alrighty. And intermission dum 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 and we're back uh lauren sent me a tiktok the other day and was like this is mac and like i don't even remember the text on the screen but when they open the door you can't see the floor. It's only squishmallows. Oh no! It's just a room full of squishmallows. I've got, I've got a nothing compared. I have like four squishmallows. I have five, <laughs> and I was like, I'm pretty proud of that number. And then I, I think back to y'all. I'm like, wow, ours is bad. It's really bad. <laughs> we bought more the other day. No, it's okay. It's a problem. It's a we- collection. Yeah, Own we it. have a we have a net up, but it fell because of the weight of all the squishmallows. <laughs> so we have to put it back up with stronger nails That's so that so it funny. doesn't fall again. Yeah. And then we have a basket now, and then all the pink ones live on my bed. But <laughs> I only do remember the that pink from ones. <laughs> we do discriminate. <laughs> like my favorite one is the blue cow with the little devil costume on no that's so cute I'm i so jealous. saw it on tiktok and they were like i found this at walgreens and i closed my phone and i looked at adam and i said get in the car <laughs> and we drove to three different walgreens looking get for it in the car <laughs> the squishmallows are a hit like every time people come over they love them 
That's what I'm saying. Mike Wazowski. People and collect Sully. all sorts of things. Like people have all of the Barbie dolls ever, or like all the holiday oh, yeah. Barbie dolls. It's like whatever collection brings you joy. Pop. I don't get why people are like, "Oh, you're adult. You don't need to be buying all that." It's like screw off. You're just jealous. You don't have this good of a collection. And also, I'm a I'm an adult. What else am I supposed to do with my money? It's like, like when when people collect Pokemon cards, people are like, "Oh yeah, those appreciate. Like they'll make money. Like oh, that's such a cool collection." But anything else, they're like, "That's just a bunch of toys." It's like Pokemon is a kids show and a kids that, card game, but like it's seen as a cool collection, so people aren't told they're wasting money when they have one. But any other like collection that that is less of a game and more of a toy, and the people who collect Pokemon cards aren't playing the game. True. But it's just because it, like, I don't know. I don't know. That That's always bugged me that some people are so like, wow, what a cool Pokemon collection. And then turn to the next guy and be like, wow, you collect Monster High dolls? What, what Dude. like, are you a kid? It's like, bro. <laughs> Funko Pops appreciate and value so quickly. That's crazy. And, like, no, it's, it's fucking insane. Like, Lux was showing me their collection the other day on the app. And they don't have many, but their collection is worth $400 already. I need to do mine. I want to see. I have some it's cool intense. ones. And, like, we, like, Lux was showing me their, like, remember, I think we talked about it on the podcast that they bought a Funko Pop that was way too much money. Like, way <laughs> too much money. Um, But now he's, like, doubled in value already. And Lux bought that, like, six months ago. Wow. That's crazy. Because they made so little. Like, damn. Funko Pops know what they're doing. Yeah. I haven't bought a Monster High doll yet. I haven't either. I don't want to. Yeah. I I want to get one just for, like, the nostalgia. Because I don't have any of the old ones. But it's, like, they're yeah. just... They don't hit the same. They don't. I was really upset. Like, when I found them in Walmart, like, I was so excited. And it just didn't hit. Yeah. I think they have some other, like, leaked images of lines that are coming up. Like, it's the, mm-hmm. sil- it's the same dolls. It's not the old dolls. It's the new ones. But their clothes look more like the old ones. Mm-hmm. I was like, maybe I'll get one then, like, if I get to the store and, like, it it looks like the old ones some more. Yeah. But I feel like this first run, the outfits were so plain. Yeah. And on top of changing the art that, like, they just didn't come with much. The old sets used to come with so many items. They don't come with a stand items. anymore. Yeah. I was like, what am I supposed to do? Like, because, like, the old dolls, part of the appeal was that they came with the stands so you can, like, pose them or, like, display them. They don't come with that anymore. Yeah. These dolls can't stand on their own, dog. Like, <laughs> anyway. And dolls are really so sad. expensive. We were looking at just, like, going through all the toy aisles because, like, that's part of going to Target is you walk through every mm-hmm. single toy aisle every single Correct. time. Um, and some of the, like, the Rainbow High dolls, it is $30 per doll. Which is insane. It's, like, so crazy how expensive toys are. No, yeah. And, like, I remember back in the day, Monster High dolls were, like, expensive. Because, like, we bought, every time we went grocery shopping, we went grocery shopping every two weeks. And mm-hmm. Melody and I got a new doll every two weeks. Mm-hmm. Like, we collected those things. And my mom was really into it. And they were ex- they were seen as expensive because they were, like, 20 bucks. But the justification was, like, it comes with a stand. It comes with a brush. It comes with a pet. It comes with a change of clothes. It comes with shoes. It comes with... It's like a, a full Yeah, toy. you got little props too. Yeah. And we were looking at these Rainbow High dolls, like they don't even come with extra outfits or like things to play with the doll with and they're thirty bucks. And like the sets were, were so expensive. Like the stuff you have to yeah. buy extra to play with them. It was just weird to like walk through and be like, Oh my gosh, that's forty dollars for this doll. 
Yeah. Boo, tomato, tomato. <laughs> um, yeah. Agreed. Are you ready to I'll, jump back in? Sure. What were you going to say? I was going to say I'll stick with my Squishmallows, dog. And I'll, I'll still buy Legos. Those are expensive, but they're expensive for a reason. Like... Yeah, we were talking about that the other day. The Lego tall, like, the pieces always are going to fit together in a set. Like, you'll never yeah. have a, a piece that doesn't work with the other pieces because the tolerance is so tight on Legos. Mm-hmm. Like, they, that's, like, why they're expensive is because they have to remake so many pieces to make sure that every piece works together. Yeah. Like, no, I can appreciate that. I know I'm going to get a set that works when I pay for a Lego set. And, dude, the new Harry Potter ones came out. I don't know if you've seen them. I've seen I'm some of the stuff. I was like, I'm oh, man, Max going to lose her mind when she sees this one. I'm going to go feral. <laughs> like, I told Lex, I was like, all I want, all I want is number 12 Grimwald's Place. I, and yeah. if I don't get that on, on Christmas Day, I am leaving and I'm going to Target and I'm buying it for myself. <laughs> it comes with Sirius Black. Are you kidding me? Like, I will die. No, that's good. <laughs> All I want is number 12, Grimmauld's Place, and Hogsmeade. I really want Hogsmeade. Yeah, they look cool. The Harry o- So cool. The Harry Potter sets always are they fun. Hit. Yeah. They hit, dude. They're so well made, and the details are intense. Like, I, yeah. when I built the, like, the astronomy tower, the shit actually spins. Mm-hmm. And, and I the do little stickers, like, like the, the, they just, like, get, the littlest details they have, like, stickers for and, like, all this, like, mm-hmm. callbacks to the movies. It's just so fun to build because you're like, oh, my gosh, I remember this. And I also really, really, really appreciate that, like, yes, you can buy Hogwarts, but it's, like, the, the half scale. But I appreciate that you can buy pieces of Hogwarts and that they're different scenes. Mm-hmm. Like, I really, like, Great Hall is from book one, but the Astronomy Tower was book six. Mm-hmm. Like, it, uh, it adds so much. I love Harry Potter. It, why did J.K. Rowling turn out to be a turf? Right. It drives me insane. Like, she was just racist. Yeah. She named the only Chinese character, Cho Chang. She named the only black character, Shacklebolt. We can't talk about it. <laughs> another day. Another day. Shall we start? I am down. Okay. Okay. I don't know how to give hints for this. <laughs> what is your genre? True crime. Fuck. It's a. It's an old true crime. It's not like a modern crime. So okay. think like Renaissance age. Let me try to find a date. Oh, before the Renaissance. 1557 is the first date I laid eyes on in my notes. Jack the Ripper. No. <laughs> it's it's definitely, it's little. Once I found it, though, I found a lot of info on it, but I had never mm-hmm. heard about it before. How did I find it? <laughs> oh, it was just one of those, like, I looked up weird crimes, and I wanted something, like, kind of at the vibes, like, you had last time with the guy who mm-hmm. wouldn't die. I was looking mm-hmm. something, like, th- instead of, like, a modern crime that gets really into the nitty-gritty, I was like, I want to do one like that. That seems like a fun yep. research to throw in there. Um, and it was, I don't even remember what, like, keywords I put in, but it was, like, that, and I found an article that was listing stuff, and I found something talking about this one, and it turns out that article had a lot of the details wrong. Oh, great. But (laughs) when I went back and did research from other articles, it was super interesting. 
Um, I'm trying to think how to give hints. It's a... So it happens in the 1500s? Mm-hmm. So not America? No. It's in Italy. London? No. Oh, Italy. Yeah. Shit. Uh, Jack the Ripper. No. <laughs> Again. <laughs> Jack the Ripper, no, but this time in Italy. <laughs> it's like when I guessed Bigfoot every time until it was Bigfoot. Yeah. Like, I'm gonna guess Jack the Ripper every time until it's Jack the Ripper. In Italy? You already did Julia Tafana. Yeah. I don't know, dude. I am not familiar with the boot. Okay. We live in the boot. Isn't the, Italy also the boot? Yeah, we're the American boot. <laughs> we're the shitty boot. Like, <laughs> Italy looks like a heel and we look like a worker's boot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so I, I, don't, like, I don't think you'll know what this is, but I'm doing the nun of Monza. What the fuck is that? Okay. I don't like that nun is in the title. Yes. <laughs> our our main character scared. is a nun. Great. She is a nun. Um, her her name is Mariana de Leve e Marino. They're long oh, names, a, all yeah. of them, because it's Italian. So I'm going to stumble over all of them. But nice. she's from Milan in Italy, and she was bo- born December 4th, 1557. Capricorn. That was quick. No. No. Oh, you're wrong. Sagittarius. Wait. Google it. What do they say in Big Mouth? Jujule it. Jujule. Sagittarius, yeah. Okay. It goes from Sagittarius to Capricorn in December. It's almost December. Anyway. I don't want to think about it. (laughs) Um, so. Oh, I was about to skip a line. Her parents uh, were Martino de Levi and Virginia Maria Marino. So that's where all those last cool. names and her name came from. Virginia, her mother, had rights to a, a, a county and was an heir to one of the wealthiest families in Italy at the time. Her father uh-huh. also came from a well-off family. Um, they were both kind of like taking the the banking system that was forming in ye old italy they were all like in the center of that so both of her parents (laughs) both both of her parents are like in this like really tied up in the the banking system so of course wealthy families um Sadly, though, her mother dies when Mariana is a baby, so her father is left to care for her, um, except he, he doesn't really vibe with that, so. (laughs) Vibe with the child? Yeah, he doesn't vibe with being a single, His own child? Yeah, so he pretty much ditches this kid on his (laughs) sister's door. What the fuck is wrong with this man? Um... After her mother's death, there is this weird battle for inheritance. Um, Like I said. Her her mother's inheritance? Yeah, like once once the mom passes, they're like, okay, Uh where does the money go? Um, Her her mother had three-ish kids. It was Mariana and a stepbrother and a stepsister. So Mariana was the only kid with that father, but there was two other kids. Oh, gotcha. So Um, only her dad abandoned her. Yeah. Mariana and the stepbrother were both left things, but the the stepsister wasn't. Whoop. And what did she do? I believe it was because like I don't I don't even know. It it, it was like maybe it wasn't a legitimate child, like something of an oh. affair, but um 
I couldn't find an exact answer. It was like maybe that the mom, the the sister was from the guy on the other side of the the marriage. Like it was mm-hmm. her other husband's kid. Gotcha. So like wasn't biologically Virginia's, but like Justice what became a stepmom fair baby. Yeah, I don't. I I couldn't find an That's exact the answer name of this week's episode, <laughs> but I figured it was something along those lines of like it wasn't a biological ch- child of Virginia, gotcha. so it was left out. So there's this weird battle, um, and the father kind of gets involved at one point but it turns out that the stepsister never gets anything oh that's sad but uh once all this for the affair baby once the um dad catches wind of the inheritance being given out though um he he finally slithers his way back to wherever mariana is because he hears Mm. money he was off being rich for a little while but then he hears there's more money back over here so he he comes back whoa um what a deadbeat and he decides at this point that that he wants mariana to become a nun <laughs> so he's like you know what i, I think so this he will can be steal good her you. money yes. is that the thing yes because nuns can't have worldly possessions yeah what a fucking sleaze bag <laughs> what a deadbeat <laughs> The original Italian deadbeat. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm floored. <laughs> so, he comes back and he forces her to join the monastery of St. Margaret, which is in Spalto di Porta di Grandi. However you speak Italian, I uh-huh. don't know. Um, the monastery was kind of out of the way and it only had one really unbusy road that led to it. So he pretty much comes back and like puts her in the middle of nowhere. Oh my god. Um, she had just turned 13 when she is forced to join the nun way of life. Um, her, oh my god. <laughs> her father tells her that he will be li- leaving the inheritance she got to the monastery and it would be distributed to her regularly by mm-hmm. Giuseppe Liam Miato and mm-hmm. it was a lot of money it was 6,000 liar I meant to do the today money calculation but I didn't um me too real quick yeah I can I can pull it up um Italian inflation calculator oh my god it gave me an error we can't compute the inflation rate in the, and consumer price index for this year. Please input a year after 1635. I think there was some issues with, like, the liar or Lyra. It, it gets switched out at some point. Yeah. So I think it can't compute exactly, like, this to this because it, it switches at some point. Well, 1635, it was... 215,000. Okay, that's a that's a lot. So, older than that. Um Yeah, cuz I started reading and it was like this switches to this, this switches to this. This happens and it like loses all its value, but this one like gains, it. I don't know. It was weird. Um, I hate that I can't just google it. Anyway. <laughs> so, I X'd it out and now I'm back to staring at Nick Cage's tomb. And yeah, I walked back and that was just on my desktop. No, it's just the whole time I'm looking back and forth between like Emily is talking, 
Nick, Nick Cage. Cage is ominous where too. Nick Cage like, will be died, buried, not died. Will be died. <laughs> um, Can we call this episode where Nick Cage will, will be, be died? died? Are we gonna get flagged? Like, is Nick Cage gonna send us a cease and desist? That'd be really funny. I, I would frame it. Yeah. No, that's something that gets blown up on one of those like posters you can get on Amazon. You know, like the fabric <laughs> posters. You can make anything you want on them. Yes. I'd make that. Just the tapestry. <laughs> Of the, the Nick Cage cease and desist. Cease and desist. Nick Cage, please send us a cease and desist. <laughs> Add him on Twitter. No, yeah, Nick Cage is our only listener. Let's pay $8. Noki is Nick Cage. Like, <laughs> Let's pay $8 and make a, a Nick Cage parody account and just only ask for a cease and desist. Oh, my God. <laughs> That'll be really fun before Twitter dies in a week. Yeah. Did you see that a bunch of Twitter employees were locked in the parking garage last night? They couldn't get out. No. Elon Musk locked them in. Why? No, deadass. He sent them an email that was like, you either get to choose between like being part of Twitter 2.0 or three months of severance. And almost every engineer chose the three months of severance. <laughs> so they like he lost majority of the staff and then they locked them in and then they locked them out of the office and then they locked them in again. And then they locked him in the parking garage. Oh, my god! And now outside of Twitter headquarters, um, one of the engineers before he left, they have one of those, like, almost like Times Square with, like, the rotating text. Yeah. And it's just a bunch of insults to Elon Musk. Heck, yeah. Yeah. It's, the like, calling tape. him a proletariat and shit. That's crazy. Good for I'll them. send you the video. It's funny. Yeah. No. I saw a Tumblr post like yesterday or something that was like everybody prepare for all the twitter refugees yeah no i my i opened my tumblr app for the first time yeah the other day i've been i'm about to make i've been getting comfortable with tumblr again yeah i'm I'm adjusting again Um, but like the first time i opened it i had like a full body shock because it's like my tumblr from like six years ago yeah mine was like like, all the kind of I just needed a new one. This isn't okay. Uh, yeah, it's all homestuck. Yeah, it's all homestuck. I was like, I cannot be here. Like, <laughs> this is a time capsule. <laughs> it literally is. I was scrolling through my timeline, like jaw open. I was like, Oh my god, I was sixteen one time. Yeah, <laughs> it's violently middle school. <laughs> That's the name of this week's episode violently middle school oh my god our episode titles have been popping off i yeah i love just reading through them oh season two season two so anyway sorry no you're good i enjoyed that that i i'm so captivated by what's happening with twitter right now um it's it's insane to watch it fall apart anyway we have these six thousand liars which is a a lot of money regardless of how much it is now it's a lot of money um definitely a lot so he's like i'll give it to the guy giuseppe who's in charge of like the payments at the monastery and you'll get it like as a regular payment um but what actually happens is the (laughs) monastery never gets any of this money uh so dad just kept it all and it it... so this rich guy pretty much (laughs) abandoned his daughter comes back when she's 13 dollars sticks her in a monastery and yeah steals all the money um Ugh, what so, a shit bag. So a bad guy. Anyway, he, what a shit he leaves again. Um, so. Of course he does. Mariana's left to be a nun with no money other than the yearly pay she gets from the nunnery. 
They um, get paid every year? I think it are like yearly salary, so she might be paid oh, okay. regularly throughout. But like, um, Can you imagine only getting like a few grand and you get it on January first. Yeah, and you just gotta make it last. <laughs> no, yeah, by December everyone's in poverty. Yeah, like, I'd be working with the other nuns to be like, okay, we're using your paycheck this month. No, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we'd be breaking it up. Um, rations, bitch, rations. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she never really gets to confront him about this theft or anything. She just starts going to the nunnery and like, hey, my dad said I was going to be getting payments. And they were like, oh, uh, we never got that. So. That's uh, so sad. It's so, like, sneaky for no reason. Yeah. Um. Very gross. So things get a little confusing here because, uh, as a nun, she gets the, like, nun name okay like their their name changes once they be like officially become a nun so like when she's put in the monastery she's not automatically a nun she has to go through like Mm -hmm. the schooling yeah she's still in the monastery but is like training to be a nun but once she officially becomes a nun she has to get like the the holy name or whatever Mm -hmm. uh so she becomes sister virginia maria which her mom's name was virginia that's really sweet um so she is now virginia sister virginia so cute like i said it's a little confusing but since her mom has passed at this point anytime i mention virginia on it's going to be talking about mariana gotcha virginia and mariana are the same person yeah um yeah just now she's a nun and i like use the names now interchange <laughs> i use them I interchangeably so like sometimes i say mariana sometimes i say virginia but we're just talking about the one person now i'll clarify nun alter ego yeah yeah that's the name of this week's <laughs> yeah. episode they're popping off they just keep coming it's an interesting interesting story i hope <laughs> uh so at this point she's thought of a very like respectful obedient nun she's easy to talk to like the other nuns really like her she's like easy Mm -hmm. to become friends with uh and she's quiet she likes to read she would always be like found by a window in the monastery reading um so like i mean she's making the most of being forced into the monastery like she's not a mean person because of what her dad did and really just takes it in strides um this good reputation is true for the most part until she okay. meets Giovanni Paolo Osio in 1597. Oh no, what does Giovanni do? <laughs> so she uh, at this point is teaching in the monastery school for girls. Uh, nope. And Giovanni lives next door and they hit it off one afternoon and like just talk over their neighbors. So like to start mm-hmm. talking in the, the front yard and they quickly after this begin to write letters back and forth pretty regularly cute so they're so far <laughs> so it's like a very movie-esque thing she would deliver notes by lowering this little basket tied to a rope from the garden window um or from the monastery window into his garden because it kind of like Aww. overlooked it and so they would just back and forth use this basket to write notes um it's interesting because this guy also comes from a lot of money and knows her, her she does too so people think mm-hmm. like okay maybe he was playing at money um but what it 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 boils down to is they get really close they whether he had bad intentions from the start they do get really close and like start a relationship pretty much right um which is a problem 
Because nuns aren't supposed to have relationships. Right. So. Noticing the problem. They kind of keep it under wraps at this point until they get a little, like, cocky, I guess. Because oh. they have a blacksmith dupe a key to the monastery so he can sneak in and out to come visit her. A religious home invasion? Yeah, he just walks into the monastery. And That's the <laughs> what um he has a copy of the house key yeah uh and this things get a little spicy here they they uh it's not just a romantic relationship they start banging pretty frequently <laughs> <laughs> and so like at this point the other nuns have noticed like they her banging or the key everything that giovanni just shows up to the monastery sometimes that they're always hanging out like saw them writing notes to each other so they figure that something like there's a relationship involved but since everyone likes virginia sister virginia they're like whatever we won't tell anybody like it's their business i'm not gonna snitch um i mean i guess like good for you snitches get stitches but damn like he has a copy of your house key yeah so like you live there too they're a little on the fence but they're like we've kept it secret this long so now we'll get in trouble if we bring it up Mm. so it just kind (laughs) of nobody says anything um i mean pop off virginia like get your dick wet i guess like (laughs) yeah goes on fine until she becomes pregnant in 1602 (gasps) uh but gives birth to a stillborn baby oh my god but at this point the affair is kind of paused because they're like holy shit that that it doesn't work out great like how does a nun who's not supposed to have a relationship have a kid well duh wait what immaculate conception that's true happened (laughs) once it can happen again (laughs) I would have two quarters. (laughs) (laughs) I'd have two nickels, which isn't a lot, but it's weird that it happened (laughs) twice, right? Um, So they, like, pause the the affair for a little while, but by the next year, Giovanni's back. He's like, you know what? Screw it. We'll risk it for the biscuit. And she (laughs) gets pregnant again, and this time gives birth to a daughter named Alma. So did no one in the monastery notice she was pregnant? Again, I think there wasn't, like, any, like, supervisor there regularly. It was just the nuns living there. So they would have to, like, write to a supervisor, from what I understood. There was a priest there in the monastery, but he was also, like, in on it. Like, Like they're all friends. Yeah. Yeah. So, um... We like Virginia. We will deliver this baby and it'll be fine. Yeah. Like, vibes. (laughs) I don't know. Nothing really happened like that's like nothing for some reason they feel like they need to tell on her for i don't i I don't know all the details but they were like whatever virginia can do what she wants um so at this point the daughter alma is sent to live with giovanni her dad and he winds up legally claiming her as his kid in 1605 so like there's a little while in there that they don't claim that the kid is anyone's Mm-hmm. Just so there's no, like, legal trace for them to get in trouble. Or, like, Virginia right. to get in trouble for being a nun that was having a relationship. Um, but he does eventually... Legal- Giovanni legally has mm. her as the kid. Um, so... 
At this point, though, they now have Giovanni coming to visit, this little kid coming to visit. That's so cute, though. Kids in the monastery. Like <laughs> She's getting to have, like, this relationship and family. And somewhere along, people probably start getting jealous because right. all of these other nuns, like, signed off on being able to live that kind of life. And right. so they might now seem like this little girl coming up, dressed all cute, coming into the monastery. And they're like, well, if I can't do that, like, you can't be doing that either. Like, we agreed right. to this. Um, so, by 1606, the other nuns in the, the monastery, they're getting tired of the rule breaking or they're jealous, but they start to, to threaten the couple pretty much. No. They're like, you know, like, we're going to tell. Like, y'all got to chill out. Like, we could get in trouble for this if y'all just keep gallivanting in here. Like, what if someone comes to visit and they're like, who's these people in the monastery? duh the next immaculate conception <laughs> and like they're they're like i don't know they're like we can't just be having the next door neighbor in here all the time they're gonna figure something like we're gonna get in trouble for your wrongdoing um and they just kind of like turn at this point so to avoid this giovanni hatches a master plan fuck <laughs> so he was like we can't have this secret get out like you'll get in trouble like you'll you'll maybe have to move like i don't want that i want our relationship forever so he decides that anyone that they think is actually gonna tattle he is gonna kill him giovanni (laughs) we need to talk about your problem solving techniques (laughs) that critical thinking (laughs) critically thinking about mass murder <laughs> that's the name of this week's episode uh yeah giovanni so they <laughs> not they giovanni <laughs> not virginia so yeah he does kill test. one of the nuns what? at this point <laughs> giovanni and instead of playing cool sister virginia starts going around telling the other nuns that if they start to tattle like oh my god they're gonna that like the secret the murderer would come back from them all but they at this point they're telling them like the murderer had run off they start this rumor that it was some like act of god that this crazy guy ran through and killed the people trying to tell their secret they were like no this was meant to happen like god will kill you if you was it multiple people or just one that he killed i believe it was just one person was killed um so (laughs) they're like yeah he ran off but like god did that that was god (laughs) he sent that crazy person to come kill that other nun (laughs) oh my god (laughs) um this is virginia's villain era yeah (laughs) that's the name of this week's episode she flipped the script real fast yeah, I know. I mean, she's getting some. And she has a kid now. She's like, this is great. I get to be a nun and break all the rules? <laughs> I get to be a nun and I get to break all the rules. I get free oh housing. I get to teach school. I get I get some. And I have a kid. <laughs> and a salary. She has a salary. Yeah, it's it's not her inheritance, but she does get the nun salary. And an alter ego. Like And she- Giovanni's got money so she oh, has really? stakes in that yeah like that's what there was a, a rumor at the, 
not a rumor, a theory that Giovanni was just getting her, getting with her because he thought she had money from her family name. Mm. Um, but there was like they fall in love and have a kid, so I there right. wasn't much stakes in that theory. But yeah, he has money too, so she has reason to like want to stay with the guy with all the money. Yeah, that's taking care of her kid while she's in the monastery. You know, like the kid lives with Giovanni. Why didn't she just leave the monastery, dog? <laughs> I don't. Can Bro, you move in next door? Can you just quit <laughs> being a nun? Can you just say, can like, can you? Can, like, I'm putting in my two weeks. <laughs> like, what are you? Hold on. Hold on. Can you quit being a nun? What happens if a nun leaves the church? Technically, yes. But they often have issues adjusting into the secular world. <laughs> but the the Second Vatican Council ended in 1965, which was once rigid, fixed religious doctrine. So now it's something more revolutionary and flexible. So she probably couldn't quit being a nun. That's what I would think is like you, you like sign your... Sign your life. Yeah, you like become a nun. You are a nun. You are a religious figure. And, like, mm. it would look bad on the church if you have all the religious figures leaving. Yeah. So they, like, needed that that structure. Uh, there was also sense. some speculation that she, while in love, was also, like, liked being a nun. Like, mm-hmm. liked being able to read in the monastery and teach and, like, was enjoying that life. And so, like, felt really guilty about it at the same time. Right. So, like, there was a lot of, like, inner turmoil she was facing of, like, I like this guy, I like my kid, like, but I'm supposed to be being a nun. Like, it was a lot of, like, mental strain. But it's hard right. to tell because this was so long ago. Like, what really was going through her head? Um, But, yeah, so they're telling everyone the murder. It was just some crazy guy that ran through. Mm-hmm. Uh, he left, but, like, he'll come, like, God will send him, him back if anyone starts <laughs> acting up. Uh, but within a few months, the rumors are back in full swing about their relationship, and mm-hmm. other nuns were, were ready to tattle again. They're like, it won't happen again. <laughs> it was just some crazy guy running through, right? And they're also if pretty- I had a nickel for every time. <laughs> they, were, they were also kind of speculating that it was Giovanni at this point. Mm-hmm. They were like, okay, wait a second. Like, this guy has a key into the monastery, Right. He can just walk in at night and kill someone. Um, so, uh, Giovanni comes back in with his critical thinking skills. No. And he kills more people trying Giovanni. to contain the lie. Um, I couldn't get an exact number. One source said three, one source said five. It's somewhere in that range from four. what I can tell. Maybe four. <laughs> maybe four. Um, but more nuns die and it's more than just one this time he also at this point kills the blacksmith that duped the key that was letting him come and go from the monastery because he didn't want like that to get out like if all this stuff like there's been a bunch of murders in the monastery this blacksmith could go like oh i made this key for a guy a couple years ago so now he's not very bright like his critical thinking skills aren't that great but he did think far enough ahead to be like okay maybe i should take that guy out before he has a chance to say something um 
I just saw in the camera. This can be cut out. This is such a like spin off. This has nothing to do with what I'm talking about. But you see this like thing on my chin? Yeah. I was at the tailgate the other week and mm-hmm. they were playing a yard game that involves mm-hmm. like these big wooden dowels that's like Oh, you got hit thick. in the face. Yeah. Did I already tell you about this? You te- we couldn't record because you couldn't talk. Yeah, okay, you did. Yeah, my t- my look, my tooth. It's chipped. Oh my god. I did, I meant to show you that in the beginning. Okay, yeah, I, I do remember now. I did text you like, by the way, I can't talk. I couldn't. Yeah. I like <laughs> it hurt because it's all uh, the inside of my lip was busted up too. Right. It healed up uh, a lot better over this past week. But like for the first few days, I was talking so quietly too. Like just like mm-hmm. trying to whisper everything cuz if I had to move my mouth a lot, it's a good thing too because I like I'm I'm very animated when i talk yeah. so i would try to talk and be like ow 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 oh my god <laughs> um but yeah I, it was dylan right that he was <laughs> i like i leaned down to pick something up as he uh-huh. swung backward to throw it oh my god so it's just like pa and dylan was really good at that game so he was like that that swing had a lot of power behind it oh my god no, it, it wasn't bad. Like, my tooth. I'm glad it was a friend that hit you in the face. Yeah, what if it was a stranger? stranger? What if I had gotten, like, beat up or something? What if I had to cancel, like, recording to be... Because I was beat up. That wouldn't be I good. I mean, it wouldn't be the first time that you've had to cancel recording for some very extreme circumstance. For some random like, thing. Yeah. Right. Like, the one time you were like, I can't record today. I had to call the cops on this guy in the park. Like, <laughs> the dog. Yeah. <laughs> the dog. Oh, my God. Can't record today. I got held it. Never mind. Held it. No more. Okay. So anyway, Giovanni kills the blacksmith too after killing more nuns. Um, (laughs) Giovanni's kill count is a little uncomfortable. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Giovanni's a little weird. Um, He also killed an apothecary that, like, one source, like, not one. It was a few saying that they were supplying them with what's pretty much abortion herbs so that might have been why the first pregnancy was a stillbirth and that makes sense why he would randomly kill an apothecary to cover that up like oh man i sold herbs to this guy looking to (laughs) in the pregnancy of a nun like he sounds like someone who might want to be killing nuns now so he's just kind of tying up loose ends is is what's happening here he's going around killing the nuns the blacksmith anyone who would tattle on them pretty much um giovanni but like that's kind of dumb though because he doesn't kill everyone in the monastery he doesn't kill everyone in the monastery though so like people are obviously really suspecting giovanni now because like once rumors really start picking up like oh i think giovanni killed the first lady he's like i can't have that around so then he wipes everyone else out and he's like the, the people that are left are like, okay, it's obviously Giovanni. <laughs> right. You just confirmed the suspicions, Giovanni. Yeah. So while he thinks he's doing a lot, like thinking Ed, he really doesn't do that. Like people this are fucking s- idiot. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So eventually the governor of Milan catches wind oh. <laughs> of the scandal. It just, what the fuck? it has, it like, there's a priest at the monastery, like I said, and, like, 
rumors from the nuns up to the priest, the priest to other priests at convention, those priests to whoever they know. He eventually catches a tale of what's going on, and he's like, okay, we got to come figure this out because that's that's a fair number of murders that just happen right. in a short stretch of time. Uh, we're at four nuns, right? Yeah, it depends on how many were killed in the second time he killed because yeah. I could not get an exact number. Um, so, yeah, he he gets all the, like, rumors he can find, and on Carnival Day in 1607, Giovanni is arrested. Good. Uh, I put the Carnival Stop Day- Stop killing nuns, dog. <laughs> I put the Carnival Day in there thing because it reminded me of Cask of Amontillado mm. because that's on Carnival Day, too. Um, nothing, I no love- other- relations besides that they're italian and it's carnival day <laughs> i love the cask of Amontillado. oh my god it's so good so such a scary story you remember when we talked about the white ladies and that girl got bricked up yeah I that a lot i was thinking about that the other day i guess because i was researching this and thought of cask of Amontillado. so governor gets there and both of them go on trial, but on trial separately. Okay. For uh, the same murders? N- well, murders and also she's breaking all the nun rules, so she can oh. get in, in trouble for that. So. So she's on, like, religious trial. Yeah, kind of. Her, um, and just, like, I don't know. She's, she didn't do the murdering, but helped it happen was like helped like was on his side um so the trial for sister virginia begins on november 27th and she claims at this point that she did not have free will in the matter uh and and wanted to and let the murders happen for her own safety so she was like oh Mm -hmm. i thought i was gonna get murdered if i don't let him murder all these people he wants to be murdered like she's claiming he went crazy and now this could have been something that they planned like okay if they catch us like you say like i was gonna murder you too so she can stay out of trouble right because they do have a kid they have a kid yeah so this could have been like part of the plan because it is pretty wild that she would come out and be like, this was his own, like, he, he wanted to do this. He said he'd kill me if I didn't let him go kill these people. And I just had to go with it. Um, yeah. Because she really liked this guy. So it'd be weird to throw him under the bus like that. So could have been part of the mastermind critical thinking <laughs> that wasn't that critical. Um, That's the only minorly justifiable idea Giovanni has had so far. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's not he's not great. Um, Giovanni is not the sharpest tool in the shed. Other people are also tried from the monastery because they were aware that Giovanni was coming in and out and was a high likelihood that Giovanni was the murderer in the first murder, but kept it secret. Probably maybe out of fear and like probably because they were like, maybe it is God coming to like kill us all with this yeah. crazy guy. Like they don't know what to believe. But we had like a priest. The guy I kept mentioning, there's, like, one priest in the monastery. Um, he was on trial for not going to the higher-ups about the oh. ju- the affair in general. So, like, a lot of people were pulled out of the monastery just to try to piece together what was happening. Um, no, you're good. Um, <laughs> uh. 
Giovanni is also tried, and he is eventually sentenced to imprisonment in Pavia. Okay. He um, is convicted of the murders, obviously. Oh, <laughs> he wasn't that Giovanni slick. killed people. Um, and sister Virginia, though, also gets in trouble and is put under pretty much home arrest for 13 years. <gasps> in uh, the monastery? Yeah. Okay. This is kind of like a cask of Amontillado, but she's not bricked into a wall. She's bricked mm-hmm. into, like, a room, pretty much. So, like, people could pass her food and stuff. But she's, like, pretty much locked in a, a bedroom, but it's a cell. Yo, when you said house arrest, I thought you meant, like, house arrest. No, 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 not no. Not, like, room arrest. What are they going to do? Let her walk around the monastery? She doesn't have a house. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like... <laughs> Um, one article said that her room was four foot by nine foot, <gasps> so could be a small bedroom. Uh, regardless, she is let out after 13 years, uh, and she lives in a convent until her death in 1658. So it goes to a different monastery, mm-hmm. pretty much. It goes back to being a nun. Um, <laughs> after a 13-year hiatus, like, Giovanni has a little bit more of an interesting tale after he's <laughs> put in prison. <laughs> I don't like that Giovanni's story continues on. <laughs> so, Giovanni, after being in prison in Pavia for a little while, eventually escapes the prison. <laughs> Giovanni is a prison break? Giovanni! <laughs> uh, uh, and by the time he is recaptured he is sentenced to death because they figure out a little bit more about giovanni in the time why he's missing they're like who is this guy and they look into it by the time he had gotten to the the, uh, monastery and kills the Mm -hmm. nuns he was already wanted for murder in at least two other areas giovanni (laughs) so this is just some side quest thing for giovanni where he just has a kid um so yeah they they kind of catch him for all of this at this point they're like all right this guy escaped prison and it has killed people in three different areas because he keeps escaping (laughs) they just put him to death um oh my god but it doesn't end here (laughs) does not end here for giovanni before he can actually be put to death he is killed by an old acquaintance in jail for some other drama what the <laughs> you mean to tell me you're looking at me he's on me- death row and another acquaintance <laughs> of his re-meets him on death row and kills him <laughs> because giovanni had fucked some shit up yeah earlier. for some drama how many lives did giovanni <laughs> live and how many of them ended with him doing something stupid like <laughs> yeah and He's a character. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's one word for it. I could not find exactly what happened to their daughter, Alma. I believe one article said that, like, one of the other nuns took her in. Oh. I don't know, though. She could have, like, been brought to, like, how um, Virginia Mariana was brought to her aunts for a little while. The, the aunts mm. might have taken her back in. I could not find where Alma went after this. Um, so, 
Okay, yeah, but that's like the, that's what happened. The story. Now I mentioned in the beginning. I found this through an article that was like kind of getting a lot of details twisted. Yeah, and I saw it in more than one where this like idea popped up, and I believe it's two stories getting intertwined together. But there was this idea that like since uh, Sister Virginia could have been really conflicted about what was going on. There was this idea that she wanted to gross herself out of being in love and was going to, like, extremes. It was kind of oh. weird. She was, like, really mentally conflicted over the idea of being with this guy and having this affair and, like, not doing what a nun was supposed to do. So she was, like, it's really gross, but, like, eating feces and stuff to try to... <gasps> anytime she thought about the guy to, to attribute, like disgust and the thought of that guy i don't know i'm saying that guy giovanni together but this was not i couldn't find any like concrete evidence of this and i don't know if this was like some wives tale that got intertwined to this story in some articles or like if this was a different story and this is its Uh own thing but it popped up twice so i didn't want to leave it out in case someone looks it up and they're like well what is this part is this the right thing she's Um, trying to give herself the ick yeah um I, from what I could tell, it seemed to be like a, a, a folklore wives' tale kind of twisted into the true story. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that that is Giovanni and the Nun. What note to end on. Right? <laughs> I thought about that yesterday. I was like, maybe I shouldn't end on that. But I'd re- I don't know. I didn't know where else to put it where it would be good. It, wouldn't, it wasn't going to be good no matter where you put it, homeboy. Yeah, <laughs> and I cut it out one time. And then, and like I had it intertwined, like in the story originally, but I'm like, I don't want to put mm-hmm. that in from the actual historical story. So I was like, I'll yeah. just leave it as a footnote, I guess. Oh my god, not the casual footnote. <laughs> Ew. Um, anything that involves. From, I, like, from we, what I could tell, a- it wasn't true. I feel like Good. that would have been in the historical thing. It was just some weird, like story that got intertwined into it but it's like we we have a true crime podcast we've talked about some pretty gross shit on here but like anything involving bodily fluid yeah waste or yeah or genitals like i can't do yeah it. it's bad like like no like when we talked about the the anthill cult yeah all that, like castration and shit i was Ugh. like why Ugh. no thanks but yeah, that's the story. <laughs> wow. Were you surprised of Giovanni turning evil? No. <laughs> right? Yeah. He- Giovanni was evil the second he got a key to a monastery. <laughs> like, yeah. No one needs that. This was the third place he moved to. And he always <laughs> ended on, I guess I have to kill people now. Giovanni, that is not the solution. Like it worked in two other places though. I guess like here he was like, I guess I'll just keep rocking with what's what working. I just third times that. a charm, I guess. And it wasn't. I mean, he did escape prison. Well, I mean, I guess third times a charm for the police. Like yeah, we have that's finally true. caught Giovanni. Like <laughs> what the fuck? What the fuck? It's pretty interesting. I know cops couldn't do very much in the 1500s because. you know the back to my hunch yeah yeah, what do you look at but damn (laughs) giovanni was spelling it out for him (laughs) no really like giovanni giovanni (laughs) 
can we can't gloss over the fact that Sister Virginia was locked in a room for thirteen years. Yeah, what that was like. That's intense. We also talked about that with um, Elizabeth Bathory gets locked into mm-hmm. the one of the rooms in the castle. Mm-hmm. That's like such a weird. Galileo was was locked into his own home. What did Galileo do? He fought the church. What? Oh, you don't know about this? I, I might have to. Mm. I, I don't know. I guess it's just weird history. But he... Do that for another. Tell me about Galileo. But also tell me now. Like, okay. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot more I could tell you about Galileo and, like, some conspiracy stuff. But I'll give this quick little thing of why he was under house arrest. So, you know, in religious beliefs, the earth is the center of the universe and everything revolves around that because God created the earth first. Well, Galileo gotcha. is one of the first guys to come out with the heliocentric model or, like, where the sun's in the middle. Gotcha. So he's the one of the first people to be like, no, the earth isn't the middle. Like, we're going around the big sun. Mm-hmm. Um, and the church was like, no, that's dumb. Why would we write it in the Bible if it was wrong? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so he gets in a lot of trouble because he is, like, adamantly fighting the church on this. And, like, other stuff, they think he is, like, a heretic. And they eventually, like, lock him in his house. That's sick. Yeah, but there's a lot. Galileo I will do an episode Galileo. on Galileo. He's so interesting. Thirty times cooler. <laughs> That's intense. Yeah, I feel like every historical figure we get, like, like who was it? Who who painted the Sistine Chapel? I don't. I get them all but confused. Like, <laughs> Let me. No, there's so many. Like the fact that, uh, who was it? Da Vinci. Oh, who was it? Who was it? Michelangelo painted the Sistine Chapel, and it's just like yeah, pictures of his lover as Jesus. Yeah, and they were like mad that he made the devil hot, so he made him hotter. Yes. Yeah. Like they really, artists, dude. They did not care. Different breed. Yeah. Different breed. The Renaissance. Intense. What it was like great for like arts and stuff of that, but the characters that came out of the Renaissance, they were bold. No, yeah. They really were like, no, screw you. I'm painting my lover on the ceiling of this chapel. Right. (laughs) Pay me or don't. (laughs) This is what I live for. Oh, my God. I can't believe Galileo was under house arrest. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I'm excited now. I will tell you all about Galileo. Yeah, I love weird history, and I like that that is implementing its way into our podcast. Mm -hmm. Like, I enjoy that that's... Yeah, I think I, it's a really yeah. good other, because you kind of run out of, like, major conspiracy theories, mm-hmm. or, like, ones that are fun to talk about. Some of them are so, like, business, and, like, this document was forged here, this document was forged here, and it just... I don't know, when you covered Scientology, oh my god, it was twists and turns the with, cat. All these, with all these forged documents. I keep getting this article, I bet it's my roommate's. But not article, the blurb that, like, the AirPods are following you. And I thought someone oh, did yeah. that air tag where they try to track your car. But yeah. I, I'm pretty sure it might be Kelsey's AirPods. But I keep getting the alert, like, there's some air tagged thing following me. And I'm like, please don't tell me I'm tracked. Oh, my God. There's a way for you to, like, I don't remember how to do it. But there's a way for your, your device to, like, recognize it as, like, a friend's. Yeah, I think I'm going to have to Because, like, Lux's AirPods don't notify me. Yeah. Maybe if it's, like, I don't know, but because Kelsey's my contact, I just don't know what in that, like, oh, I know that that's this person's friend because they're, they're contacts. I don't know. 
I don't know. Because I've never gotten an alert for Lux's AirPods, so that might be a concern for you. Okay, I'll look into it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, um. Well, thank you, podcast. <laughs> thank, thank you, you podcast. <laughs> Leave uh, us Spotify reviews, iTunes reviews. Uh, have a great Thanksgiving coming up soon. This episode goes out after Thanksgiving. Really? I think. Yeah, this episode goes out on the 30th. Well, I hope your Thanksgiving was great. <laughs> hope your Thanksgiving was great. Happy December. December starts tomorrow. Yeah, if you're listening to this on the day it comes out. Uh, getting ready for Christmas. Yeah. That's exciting. No. No. I'll have to show you some of the presents I bought. Like, they're really good. Well. Bye. Bye, podcast. <laughs>